0: Hi everyone and welcome again to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast where I provide you with actionable strategies that you can apply to your teaching and learning to enhance student learning and transform them into lifelong learners. I'm Dan Jackson and this week we are looking at using problems and questions to enhance student learning. But before I start I want to apologize to all of my listeners. I haven't been as regular with my podcast as I really wanted to And so I just want to say sorry, I'm going to commit for the rest of this year, I really want to release the podcast every week. I want to release it on Sundays at 5pm so that it's basically ready for you to listen to just before your week starts, take the tips and apply them into your classroom straight away that week. So that's my goal and I want to try and get it done every week. So I'm not even going to take the holidays off. I'm going to try and give you an episode every week. So 52 episodes between now and this time next year. So let's start with problems. So problems are real world and I think that's what makes them so uh, useful when it comes to student learning. It is how we approach our own learning. So how often do you begin your learning because you have run into some kind of problem? Uh, The current biggest problem at the moment you know for educators is a sudden switch to remote learning due to COVID-19. Now if you're struggling with this still, I actually have some episodes, so episodes 32 to 34. I interviewed Kelly Pfeiffer from Dubbo Distance Ed and we talked all about remote learning and the kinds of things that are available for you to use. Uh, If you also wanna do some more training on this, I have some free webinars this week. So you're gonna hear this on Sunday, but on Monday I have a free webinar at two o'clock in the afternoon about how to use G Suite remotely. And then I also will have another webinar on Wednesday so you can register for that if you head over to teacherspd.net forward slash thirty six, you will land on this podcast episode, and all the links will be there for you to register for that webinar, so that you can get free. Yeah, you know, this is free one hour NESA accredited webinar, uh, and then another one on Wednesday. If you would like to register for that one, uh, you'll get access to that as well. Another hour of free NESA accredited training. I uh, also on my site at the moment and giving away my introduction to G Suite for Education course, which is a 12 point or 12 and a half hour um NESA accredited professional development. So please head on over. I'm trying to help as many as I can. Uh, that will continue to be available for quite a while, that introduction to G Suite so that I can really help you guys as we go. But if you want to actually access those webinars you need to do that um, today when you hear this on Sunday so that you're ready for Monday. Let's come back to um, presenting learning as problems. (laughs) That's where we were. Uh, Replicate, and the idea of this is replicating real life, and it provides authenticity for our students because problems are real world, right? We don't just make them up. These are real problems that exist around us. And so, when you're presenting learning as problems, what you're actually trying to do is find real world problems that you can solve using the content that you're going to talk about in your class. And so, you might use the content that you're teaching to help solve the problem. For, these, um, for the learning that's happening. And I think the fact that it's authentic really helps to develop the learning skills that then help the students to become lifelong learners. Now, problems also tend to develop your entrepreneurial skills. Now, there's this general consensus that as we continue to grow over the next few years that we're gonna require more and more people to basically be setting up their own businesses, being subcontractors and that kind of stuff, as they look to you know, make their money and, progress with their future. And so entrepreneurial skills are really important here. And I know personally, I run two businesses. So I have pdhp.net, which is basically an online textbook for PDHP teachers and students to use for U11 and 12. But I also have this uh, business here as well, the Teachers PD business, which is all about providing support and help for teachers as much as I can, no matter where you are. I'm trying to just create this community of teachers who learn together and who grow together to really become effective teachers in their classrooms so you know, these kinds of problems come up all the time for the way i do things in business in fact i'm going to say that running a business is probably the biggest problem issue <laughs> for you to do as a learner so i know that for me you know Problems can be me finding problems that are your problems and me helping to solve those. So you're going remote and so me providing free training for G Suite, providing free webinars around how to teach remotely. Yeah, that's the kind of solutions that I'm trying to provide for your problems that you have, uh, but also (laughs) problems where, where I am as well. But that's my goal there is just solve that problem. But there's also stuff within my business that might be a problem. So it might be, you know, my business is fairly new. So how do I get people to come to my website? It might be that no one's coming or people are coming and not staying in my site. So how do I get them to stay longer? There are problems that come up. Uh, And so how do I go about finding solutions to that? Well, I have to go and do some research, talk to people, etc. So solving problems is really how the next big company is going to be made. You think of uh, places like Facebook and Google, uh, the biggest companies around at the moment, they come about because of a problem so you know facebook connects people who are remote and isolated from each other allows them to connect that's a problem that gets solved through facebook uh, and google you know when we had the internet, i remember when the internet was first coming out and we didn't have google there was no way to find a website unless someone else told you about it but now google's goal of organizing the world's information to make sure that it is accessible to everyone uh, has really taken off they've done something that they were told was impossible to organize and find a way to search through all the sites on the internet. And now really, if your site doesn't come up in a Google search, then it's going to be hard to find. So there are just a couple of reasons why I think problem-based learning is really really beneficial for your students. So when you are creating learning in your classroom, or at the moment online, Try and present the learning as a problem to be solved. Uh, if you can use a real-world problem the students could work on for your subject, for example, you could choose uh, you know, obesity is rising in Australia, so what can we do about that? Uh, there's currently a big pandemic, how do we go about addressing that? Or at least you, know, you might look at promoting health in that, how do we look at social interactions in that, how do we look at uh, economics of that, or how do we look at how it's affecting businesses, how do we look at um, what it's doing in terms of geographical travel and The need for languages and all those types of things. How is that being all affected? So you're picking out the bits that relate to your subject. Uh, People are all losing their jobs at the moment so what can we do about that? Or maybe you have a local problem that you can solve like how to increase the diversity of flora and fauna at your school. Additionally when you present problems consider things such as student choice. So Allowing student choice will increase the authenticity and connection to the student's life and that therefore leads to an increase in learning because they already have the stuff in their brain that they're going to connect the new information to. And so that increases their learning and that increases their engagement and therefore helps them to become lifelong learners. You should also consider if students can manage the challenge. I don't ask you to restrict them really but I want you to really think through, you know, don't don't present a challenge or a problem that is so big for you know a student that's in year one, for example, and you need to ask them to think about COVID nineteen and its impact on businesses. They might be able to do that at a at their level, but you know, if you're wanting it at a higher level, just you need to think through that as you go about creating your problems that you're going to present to your students. And finally, make sure that the problem you pose relates to your actual course and the content that you're teaching. Don't just start posing problems without having a specific connection to what you're trying to do in your classroom and in your units, in your whatever's going on for your learning. You want to make sure you're still ticking off uh, your outcomes and stuff as you're required to. Now, when it comes to questions, so we're looking at problems and questions today, because I actually think the two are very much related and almost the same. So when it comes to questions, you are really looking to drive inquiry. Now, next week, I'm going to talk all about inquiry. That's what my podcast is going to be, the episode just about how to create critical inquiry and how that promotes learning. Uh, So we're going to look into that next week. But today, I'm just going to talk a little bit about questioning. So I really just want to talk to you about the fact that a question for inquiry must be non-Googleable. I don't want you to present a question where the answer is straightforward. I can just pick it up on my phone and have a look. When was uh, the Ottawa Charter created? You know, That's really easy for the students to find. They can do that on their phone and they can do that anywhere at any time. So you want to make sure your questions can't be answered simply. You want it to drive inquisitiveness, you know, inquisition, I guess is what curiosity. (laughs) You You want to really drive that in your students. So the answer should not be straightforward. It should force the students to consider multiple perspectives and multiple sources of information in order to answer the question in a manner that they choose maybe even in terms of how they're going to present it or how they're going to go about answering the question but you want them to consider multiple things here as they're addressing it not just one simple source to get a straightforward answer now these types of questions tend to relate very closely to presenting problems like i, like I mentioned so uh, for example you might pose a problem through a question and you might have for example how do we improve our health during isolation that's That's a question that's also about a problem. Or how do you reach or how do we each respond differently uh, to the same text? Or how do we know what happened in the past? They're really inquisitive questions uh, that will drive inquiry because the answer is not straightforward. They have to go through and consider lots of stuff to answer those types of questions. So you'll notice that each of these questions, all these examples I gave you, they all start with a how or why. Do not start, for example, with a who, or a what, or a when, uh, because those are really quite easy to answer generally, those questions that can be found on Google. So in order to craft a good question for students, they should start with a how or a why, rather than a what, when, or who. This helps to make them more open-ended, more open to interpretation, and allow greater depth of understanding as the students consider multiple perspectives, multiple sources of information, as they go about and just get really deep into their inquiry process here. And by making it personable is the next thing you need to do with these questions. So you'll notice these questions all had we in them or you in them or our, you don't wanna have, you know, how do they uh, solve this? So try and make sure it's personable so it helps to promote authenticity. So looking for problems or questions that relate to the actual world of our students in front of us. So as the students start to see themselves in the question and as the ones who are going to take action and answer those questions this can really boost the engagement for your students which then provides real connections for the students which helps them to store and grow their knowledge and understanding so that it is easier to then apply their higher order thinking skills to the content that they're learning and that's really what you're looking for with those big questions is to make sure that you're connecting the content the basic stuff to higher order things which generally are a lot easier to use when you're looking at real life situations. A good question will also relate to your course outcomes and depending on how your syllabus is written you might actually find that in your syllabus, like I know my main syllabus that I teach a lot from is PDHPE it's designed using inquiry type questions and so I can easily pick out those questions, adapt them specifically to my context and use them and that would save me a fair bit of time. So have a look at your syllabus, it might actually be quite helpful for you or even looking at the goals, the outcomes of your student, the aims of your syllabus, sorry. Uh, That's what you want to be looking at when you're thinking, oh, what questions can I really use to drive this type of inquiry process that we're going to look at in our next podcast episode next week. Finally, a good question tends to draw on There's a central element to your course or your subject area. So the thing that kind of runs through the whole unit, right? Uh, These are the things that tend to connect to real life and show that learning has application beyond the classroom. Uh, So you cannot just ask how does Shakespeare use synonyms to convey meaning. Uh, This is way too narrow. What you want to do instead is you might ask something like, how might we convey depth of meaning in our text? And then you could use a study of Shakespeare and perhaps some other authors as well in there uh, as the content that is used for the students to analyze and then create, use those kinds of um, similar processes for creating meaning and depth of meaning into their own text that they create, showing that they can actually understand it, so they don't just know it, they can't just regurgitate the information, they can actually apply the information to another context as they create their own text for people to respond to and to create that deeper sense of uh, meaning. Okay, so the final thing that I wanna talk about in this podcast is I wanna talk about problems and questions and how they should focus on learning skills as well. So you wanna think about when you're posing these, if you're gonna pose a problem, or you're gonna pose a question, Are there skills that your students need to have to actually answer this that they don't have? And if so, you need to think about how you're gonna plan for time for your students to develop those skills throughout your unit or in your lesson or whatever it is, depending on how big what you're doing is. Okay, so if they need to develop these further, allow that time in your unit. For example, if I'm wanting my students to create a website as part of what we're doing as they're answering the question, and my students have never made a website before, I need to allow time when they're going to learn how to create a website. And that is actually needs to be built into what's happening throughout my whole unit, otherwise they're gonna get to the end, they're gonna be really struggling to create something uh, that's actually authentic or that's of any use, that actually addresses everything I want them to do because they just get stuck in the skill aspect and they're struggling to do that. So make sure you're teaching the skills if they're lacking already in in your students. Okay. So this week, find a problem or a question that links with life and the content that you're teaching. Present your lesson based on this question or on the problem and see how it goes. Or maybe uh, identify the problem that you want to teach and how what you're teaching might help solve that problem. And so make sure that connection is really clear. Start small. Uh, But if you are currently planning a whole unit, maybe you want to think about some questions that will really go throughout your whole unit or that will relate week by week as you go through teaching the content or as the students are learning the content and applying it. Think about what kind of questions you could really pull out here that you could use to be the central focus so that you keep coming back to. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for taking some time out to listen to this episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to leave a review. It will help others to find the podcast and to learn and benefit as well from the things that I'm saying in here or the things that when I interview people, what they're saying and sharing, because I want this to be a community where people really get together and share. If you want, you can also find Teachers PD as a Facebook group. I'd love to chat to you in there. Uh, And if you particularly like this episode, I would love for you to share that on social media. If you use the hashtag effective teaching, I'll even be able to find it uh, or you can tag me in it as well if you want. And finally, if you haven't already registered for the free NESA accredited webinars series that's happening these holidays, please head over to teacherspd.net slash 36. You will find a link there to the registration page where you can register for the final two of those three webinars. So we're gonna talk about using G Suite remotely on Monday. And then on Wednesday, I'm gonna be answering your specific questions that you've sent in to me by email. I'm gonna start using, I'm gonna pull out those questions and address those in my final webinar. And these are NESA accredited one hour webinars. So head on over there and get your free PD. Well, I'll chat to you next week.